Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com para detalles. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de VIX, Consuelo, disponible en la app de VIX, ya. July is Disability Pride Month, and today we honor an amazing wheelchair mommy of two. Today we chat with Juliet Justice about her motherhood journey, how her disability has given her strength, and what other mothers could learn about resilience, grace, as well as being conscious about accessibility. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Motherish. In my head, I have our dun 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 dun. <laughs> Still, every time. It happens to me every time. I know. And you know what I thought about the other day? Should we update it because our babies are so little and because I know, I know. so many things have changed, but because I'm not I a working it. mom anymore. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know. I like Juan and I have talked about this a bit. Like it's time to update the opening. The, the kids can actually like do the opening for us <laughs> at this point. But I don't I don't know. It's so I cute. like it. I know, it's me nostalgic. Too. Me too. Okay, we're not changing. Fine. We're not changing we're it. Keeping it. How are you feeling? Good. Good. Good, 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 good. Wanna start with your motherish moment? I am in full throttle of my like summer with Victoria. As you guys know, I was laid off and I have some free time in the summer. And Victoria wanted to relax or descansar she wanted to rest this summer so we're not resting <laughs> we uh, have trips planned and we just have a lot going on so um, I know it was funny because though we mentioned this in a previous episode where you asked Victoria like oh do you want to do a thing for the summer do you want to you know go to camp do you want to do this class And she was just like, mom, you know, I just want to rest. Yeah. And then fast forward, the I think like the second week she was out of school, you guys were on the way to Disney with like I know, I a know. gang of kids. By the time this episode probably comes out, I will have already come back from or be just coming back from my trip to Peru. So I'm super excited <laughs> about that. And then shortly after that, we are taking her to Argentina. So there's a lot. Wow. It's like a summer of like... Yeah, The heritage culture. Not resting, which is like probably I don't know, but anyway, I, I'm excited. I you know I love to travel with Victoria, and I think it's you know fun for her, fun for me. But Peru, I'm going with my parents, and my mom being you know mom that she is is like Karen I was thinking that on this day because um, like we already know like some of the plans and she's like on this day you know they're only gonna have chifa like they're only gonna have like you know Peruvian Chinese food or whatever and she's like and Victoria doesn't eat chifa so maybe are you thinking about taking you know pasta for her or whatever and I was like no 
And I'm like, I like for her to just be exposed and eat the things that there are or whatever. She goes, got it, no, pobrecita, like, whatever. And I was like, mom, you're such a mom, like like a mom mom, you know? So she's going to apparently bring her pasta with butter on the side just in case. I'm like, okay, mom, whatever. Be be a grandma because that's what grandmas do, you know? But anyway, that was my, my motherish moment about my summer. So my mother's moment is a sweet short one. This morning, Ford called me. He usually does from his room. I picked him up, put him in bed. And this is my favorite time of the day because he's like still half asleep. He's like cuddly. And this morning I kind of went back to bed and he just like started kissing my cheek and my face. (laughs) And he was like, Mama, open your eyes. Wake up. I love you. And it was just so sweet. (laughs) I know it was Right before, about an hour before, he was like... Put makeup on your clothes. Yeah. (laughs) He spilled makeup on my clothes and he refused to go to camp and he didn't want to get dressed and... Highs and lows. Yeah, yeah. Highs and lows. It was such a sweet, short... And then he's like, Mama, bring Mickey to bed. And like, it's cute because I play pretend a lot when I was little, like with my dolls and... And I'm teaching him a lot to like, you know, I'm like, okay, let's get Chase. He loves Chase and Mickey Mouse. Those are his two buddies. And now that he's older, he's like, he's very sweet with them. And like, he brings him to bed and like, has them like, okay, let's watch a movie. Okay, let's bring Mickey and Chase. He'll bring Mickey and Chase and kind of sits them next to us. So he's like, bring Mickey. So I'm like, okay. So I went and I grabbed Mickey and then he kind of cuddled with Mickey and mm. me. Um, and he's like, I love Mickey and I love mommy and I love Chase. And oh. I was like... He was such a loving baby when he was half asleep. And then he woke up and then he was... And then he was like... It was really sweet. It was really sweet. Uh, Juliet, do you want to tell us your motherish moment of the week? Yeah, my motherish moment. So my toddler turns four this weekend. And he's like actually really into his birthday this year. Like I feel like first year it was COVID, so he didn't get a party. And then the last two, it was just like me planning them and him kind of like waking up to his party. Yeah. After his nap. Uh, but this year, he is just like, he's been counting down. He's That's been, so like, cute. Really looking at decorations. Like, he was on Pinterest with me. <laughs> um, so he is just like so excited. And what's the theme? I think it's a mom. Like, it's, it's an airplane theme. So everything airplane. And it's just been so fun to see how like into it. And like, he now understands that it's for him. It's his birthday. So. I'm just like so excited to plan it with him and to just experience that with, you know, it's already been a month of like planning it and he has been enjoying every second of it. That's amazing. That's so sweet. And you have a second son as well too, right? I do. He's 20 months. 20 months. Oh my gosh. So So he has no idea what's going on as far as like the birthday party. Yeah. I think he's so excited. He's just kind of been looking at all the decorations and We'll wake up with balloons for him, and I think it'll be really awesome. Ah, that's, that's so cute. Amazing. It's funny you say that. You mentioned that because this year, Ford, every time he'll see a fire truck, he'll be like, um, he'll remember his birthday party and the fact that a big fire mm-hmm. truck came. So it's cute because he wasn't too excited before the party, but then once it happened, he like talks about it all the time, which <laughs> makes me so happy. Totally, yeah. No, it's the same way. So no, someone that turns four, and he was like. Looking at his birthday parties, you know how Google Home just puts like the pictures on the screen. Yeah, he's like, "That was my birthday party. It was, you know, cars themed." And <laughs> so now it's just cool to see that he's like always talking about his party. <laughs> Even though now we have a party tomorrow, actually, and I'm like, "Oh, tomorrow's Mila's birthday party." No, Ford's party. I go, "No, baby, oh, your yeah, party already." Yeah, yeah. Do they? Is that That's a, a three. Stage? The three-year-old. The three. The oh year of the three God. was very much like 
No, but like anyone else's birthday, Victoria would be like, but where's my gift? Where's my birthday gift? And I'm like, no. Okay, so it's normal. Because I'm it's like, I don't normal. know how to get him to understand. Like, but you love me. And you like, no, it's normal. Like, you already had a party. Let's, it's like, yeah, I would just be like, like it. yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like, Whatever. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let me introduce uh, Juliet to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. So like we mentioned, she is a mommy of two. Um, and she's in a wheelchair and she'll share her little, her story and her journey on it. But I think today's episode is really to honor her as a mom and to learn from her. You know, like we also want to be more inclusive and more aware about accessibility. So we're here for it. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I brought something to the episode ever since we connected and it's just been so great to, to be here, to be a part of this community. You know, I think you know, whether you're a mom with disability or not disability, we're all moms and mm-hmm. we all go through yeah. it. And there's like so many challenges and so many things that we can all um, learn from each other. So it's just really exciting to be here. For sure. Juliet, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Um, you know, your, I know I, I, from what I read, your disability was not something you were born with. So um, you had to adapt. So can you tell us a little bit about, about your story, please? Yeah, totally. So when I was five, I was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, so it was a very, you know, the cancer was really aggressive at that point. And it was, I was the youngest of three. And basically they told my parents when they found out your daughter only has three months to live. Oh my gosh. Um, and it was just, you know, it was at stage four at that point And they immediately started me on chemo and I went through the chemo process and I would go another month and I would go another month and I would go another month and it was just they kept kind of prolonging that timeline but kept telling my parents like she's holding on but and she's fighting it but like don't you know we still think she might pass and I went through chemo for two years wow um well chemo for two years I um used to be really curly on my hair bag and it came back wavy lost it again and it came back straight so um, I even got to go to Florida for my Make-A-Wish because they really did think I could pass at any moment. But um, by miracle of God, you know, I'm still here. And it wasn't until age eight that, you know, I was still receiving my chemo treatments. At that point, it was just like a precaution to just, you know, make sure it would not come back. And that's when we, one day after Christmas, I got from my bed to my parents' bed while sleeping with them. And we had noticed that, like, my energy was just so low. My legs, like, really, really burnt and hurt. So I was, you know, slowly getting out of my activities. Like, I used to be in dance. I used to go to school. I used to walk to school. And then, you know, slowly I just started my, telling my parents, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just want you to take me to school. You know, I don't want to do these classes anymore. And just kind of hanging out a lot on the couch. And, you know, my parents didn't really know. They thought it was just maybe part of the chemo. Um, which part of it was but one day I woke up and I got up from my parents bed and just fell to the floor fell to the floor they just took me to the hospital and I, you know that day I still remember it very vividly we I got rushed to the hospital tons of tests tons of tests going on and not really realizing what had happened and then um, at that point I could still walk with a walker and I could still move um, pretty much Pretty much under, like, my child's under, I could still move everything, but just not walk. 
right? Just like wiggle my toes. And then a doctor came in and just said, like a specialist, he said, well, if your daughter, we have to pause on medicine. So my memory came on nothing for the next lunar foreseeable future. And what we didn't realize until later on was I did receive one more treatment that night and that or that really affected me. So the next day I woke up and I was completely paralyzed. Like I could not move anything. And so from there, I was, you know, the specialist came back and he said, let's clean. Basically, let's clean you up. So I spent many months doing dialysis, cleaning my blood, getting rid of whatever was in my system. I actually spent three months in a rehab facility away from my family to just make sure I was getting all the treatments. They were just making sure I was good to go. And then from there, I was able to start rehab again. They brought in a wheelchair. And at this point, I think I was just so used to being sick. You know, I just was sick since I was age of five. So I was just used to hospitals and used to everything. And they brought in a wheelchair and said, well, you're going to need this now. And then I started just, you know, going to therapy with my parents. And I have an amazing family. My mom, you know, stopped working and basically just dedicated herself to me. We went to everything, all types of treatments, acupuncture, therapy. So in anything you can think of, we tried it. And thanks to her dedication and thanks to everything, I was able to just get to the point where I am now. The official, you know, was a medical malpractice. It was basically an overdose of the medicine that caused my nerves to stop working from my waist down. Um, but, you know, 25 years in a wheelchair and 26 years of being in remission from cancer. And I'm, I'm here and it's just been, it's been a journey. But it's been, I always say, it, it's one that I would say I wouldn't wish on anyone. But it is, it is my story. And I think it's turned into something beautiful now. So, yeah, so I realized, like, it's it's been a tough journey. But I'm still here. The therapy has really just help me get to a point where I'm independent yes. now. You know, I used to hear the doctors say that I would need a caregiver for the rest of my life. And now I'm I'm here. I can do it all independently. And now I'm taking care of my two boys. That's amazing. Right. So like incredible. Not only are you independent, but you're also now the caretaker you are, yeah. for your babies. When you were considering becoming a mom, what were some of the thoughts that were crossing your mind? You know, what were some of the fears and what were the really the things that were that kept you going? Say, so, you know what, this is really what I want, what my heart really wants. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was it was so many. First off, I didn't even know if I was gonna be able to be a mom. Mm-hmm. That was the very first one. So I like never wanted to get too invested even in that thought. Um, I would always just say like if we have kids, like if we're able to do it, like and I would, I was open um to seriously even my sister talked to me she's like if you ever need me like i'll carry your babies for Aww. you like and we had talked about like adoption and it um a lot of it just to me it came with the faith of knowing that it will work out and i felt comfortable in myself that i was like i know i can take care of myself and i know i can take care of others you know like i do everything on my own so I'm not gonna worry about it too much because I know I will find a way. And, I, and yeah, when I got when I got pregnant, it was just like the most beautiful surprise ever. Literally, all bald in my family, like everybody was just so beyond excited. It was like my little I get emotional. <laughs> it was like my miracle baby. Wow. How did you meet your husband? We met at uh, the the university here in Arizona. We always joke because 
I was going for business communication and international um, relations, and he was going for engineering. So two like, opposite careers, and we ended up in one of those like humanity courses, like the random classes that they make you everybody mm-hmm. take, yeah, an and elective or whatever. So we, yeah, like one of those electives, like those easy A classes. We met there. We were friends for like three months, and but like it was it was funny. I was sort of like he knew I liked him. So we met at this class and we hung out for like three months and then we every every day we were hanging out. So I'm like, I think he, I think he likes me. And then I met his family. I'm like, oh yeah, he he definitely likes me. I could just tell they were super sweet to me. And yeah, we've been together almost 12 years now. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arupay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com para detalles. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo. Disponible en la app de Biggs, ya. That's amazing. Talk to us a little bit about accessibility. So, for example, I saw, I was going through your Instagram and I saw a video that you posted around like, you know, you're at a playground with your sons and you were excited because this is like, you know, an accessible playground and, you know, being super transparent, like I hadn't thought about that. And I think a lot of people don't have it so present, you know, it's not the fault. It's just like, we just don't know. And so I think that's like a lot of the purpose of these conversations as well, because now I look mm-hmm. at things through a different lens. So talk to us a little bit about like the importance of accessibility for you. And if you've seen like things getting better and how can we all kind of be better to help, you know, th- this community? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I think it's not like you said, you, it's not part of your life. So you don't really notice it until until you start kind of seeing it. And that's why I like doing these videos because people aren't aware. And I think a lot of people have this mindset of like what a person with a disability looks like that sometimes they don't think automatically of a mom, you know, with her two yeah. babies. And so it's it's been it's been getting better though. Um I had I was able to travel a lot while I was in in school and here in the U.S., we've got it really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I've been in places where, like, you you cannot cross the street. So I'm aware of that. I'm very fortunate that we live here, especially, like, nowadays when you can do, like, pickups and curbside drop-offs and things like that. But I think it is really it's better, And but there's definitely room for improvement. For me as a mom, I think the accessibility just hits in a different way. Because for me, it's not so much about me being able to get out. I mean, it is being accessible, but it's about me being able to keep my baby safe. That's the big thing for me. It took me uh, months to get comfortable to get out with my little one because I'm like, okay, what if there's no handicap parking? What if there's not enough space for me to get out of my wheelchair to be able to get my baby out of the car? What if there's no sidewalk with a ramp that I can go into the park? What if I can't, you know, there's so many what ifs when you go outside that it really is to a point where I just want it to be wherever you go. You can just be free, know that the kids are safe, know that I can get around. 
And I mean, it's all, it's something I've grown up with my entire life. But as the time has progressed, it has gotten better. But it would be amazing to see more accessible parks, you know, um, more accessible entries. There's super heavy doors or something. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got my 20 month old on my lap and I've got my four year old next to me that wants to run, but he knows that he needs to stay with me and I'm trying to open like a really heavy door. So there is a balance. And I think, um, accessibility is just more about awareness at this point i think it's more just like spreading the word showing people if it's not going to hurt anyone i think eventually we'll all need that little extra space in that parking spot we'll all need lighter doors we'll all need um just in a more inclusive and accessible world so it's crazy so one of the perks that i actually love when i got uh when we had the baby was that baby stroller parking space right because again, you have so many things to carry. You're so physically exhausted. And we talk a lot about postpartum here on this podcast about how just some mom just feels like, I mean, you feel like, like you're just tired all the time. Just the physical challenges of motherhood and the toll that it takes on your body. How was your journey? I think it's important to share your perspective and help us also put a lot of things into perspective. And sometimes things may not be as challenging as we, you know, they seem to be at that moment for us. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we, we, we all said it, right? Being a mom is like <laughs> just challenging in itself and you're always exhausted. I think specifically as far as my pregnancy at the last, you know, third trimester, we all when we're huge mm-hmm. and everything. That's when I kind of started noticing the difference between me and maybe someone that's not in a wheelchair um because you know i've seen my sister and other friends be pregnant and i think the difference is just the toll on the body yeah Um, i depend a lot on my upper arms you know like on my strength but when you're exhausted and at the time i was getting something called the progesterone shots to keep the baby in Mm -hmm. um so like i was getting poked weekly on my arm so it's like have my arms and i'm tired and that little extra weight like I think I gained like 15 or 20 pounds. That's a lot for like me carrying it. So I actually did lose a lot of my independence at that point. And it wasn't, and it was more because I wanted to keep him safe and I wanted to keep myself safe as well. The last thing I wanted was to throw out my shoulder and then not be able to use it in the future. So the last trimester was really just me being at home. Yeah. Uh, which I'm I'm a social butterfly and I'm a busybody, so it was really hard. Um <laughs> but um physically I wanted to just stay safe and make sure that was there. It was interesting though because once the baby was born I was like, oh thank goodness <laughs> I got my body back. I can like, you know, do things again by myself, like cast around to my bed, going to the toilet. Oh, speaking of which. And then um, <laughs> coming in here. So, but with my second baby, it was, I learned what to do to help myself uh, make it easier on my journey, right? Yeah. So that exhaustion at the beginning of the, you know, when you first have your baby, staying up all night, trying to breastfeed. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a huge challenge for me. The journey was really just about learning to be, I guess, more gentle with myself mm-hmm. and with the expectations that I put on myself, yeah. right? I wasn't going to look like every mom on Instagram. I wasn't going to look like every person on Pinterest in that perfect picture. I was going to look different and I accepted that. I knew that would happen. I knew that it was a new thing for me. And there are, I have friends with wheelchairs, but not many of them have kids. Mm. And the ones that do have kids were older. 
thought, you know, I asked them for tips, but I had no idea what it would actually look like. Um, Out of my friend group, I'm the first one to have kids. So it was like learning from scratch what it's going to look like and just accepting that um, it would be trying to do whatever would be easiest, right? Keeping a basket with diapers and everything I needed close to my bed and the basket close to my bed. So Mm -hmm. um, it was fun. It was a learning experience, but it was definitely exhausting. So with your almost four-year-old growing up and becoming more aware and conscious of everything, how do you manage, you know, your conversations with him about how your family setup is maybe different to others that he sees? And, you know, what kind of questions does he ask you? How does that conversation for you with him? Yeah, it's funny you ask that because literally like, the last two weeks, I've noticed that shift. Mm-hmm. I think it's like when they go from three to four, they start like really observing and asking like deeper questions. So yeah. in the past, I think the first time I ever heard, heard him say something that kind of caught my attention was when he just turned three. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, well, um, Malcolm's mom doesn't need a wheelchair. And I said, oh, you're right. He doesn't need a wheelchair. And I was like, that's because mommy's legs don't work like his mommy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, just kind of like, a, yeah. like okay. Okay, kind of fact. Right? Yeah. Yeah, just like a, that. And say little comments. I mean, the bot throughout this whole year being three, he'll be like, well, mommy, when you when you learn to walk, we can go to the park together. Or like, um, I'll give you some of my supercharger, super strength. And I would just try, depending on the moment, right? Like, feel in the room, depending if it was like something wrong, like, I would just kind of like brush it off and say, yeah, sure. Or if I'm like, okay, he's actually paying attention. He's receptive. Like I'd be like, well, mommy won't be able to run with you, but I can still go on the swing with you. I can still go on this with you. I can still get on the floor and play on the sand with you. So trying to reframe it for him. Mm-hmm. And in the last two weeks, he's been really bringing up the idea of like, but why don't your legs work? Like really like, and he's like a little engineer. Almost like his dad, like he wants to see how everything works, right? So he's like, Mommy, like, why don't your legs work? And, you know, honestly, the first time I kind of got that question, I was like, Oh man, how do I even like approach right. this, right? Well, I yeah. think I, yeah, I think I even went a little overboard. I like showed him a video of like our nervous system and I told him, like, how it's like no electrical system and mommy just doesn't work right here. And I think it was just way too much. So now what I've learned is like just reframing it and putting it into terms that he'll understand. So I tell him things like, well, families look different, right? Sometimes there's families with two mommies. Sometimes there's families with just one daddy. Sometimes there's families that are just the grandparents and the mommies. You know, so I try to just kind of show him. And then I've also been showing him videos of my friends that are now having babies. So I, you know... Not explicitly saying like, oh, here's another wheelchair mom. Right. Showing him like, oh, look at my friend. She just had a baby. That way he starts getting exposed to it and seeing it that I'm not the only one. So I think he's been receptive of that. And then, like I said, just reframing it always in the tense of like, but I can still do this with you. Like, I can still swim in the pool with you. I don't don't need my legs to do that. I can still swim. So it's been interesting. It's definitely, it it hits the firm when it's your kid asking you yeah when it's other kids like I'll try to explain it but I don't take it as personally obviously yeah (laughs) yeah I asked that I mean I also have a four-year-old and she really is starting to ask questions that I you know you're you're never really prepared for the things that 
for them to kind of like open the door into their minds and the things that they're questioning. But as an example, we were in the car with a friend of mine. She's gay, she has her partner, they have their son, and the son was also in the car and Victoria goes, hey, who's your dad? And so I was driving and I'm like, yeah. But I'm, I'm sure, like, people have sometimes, I think, overreact, but I feel like they're used to certain questions, right? Like, right. I'm sure Julia's yeah. used but, to certain yeah. questions are like, okay, you know, like... I, in that case, I was happy that, you know, that my friend was there to answer and to answer the way that yeah. they want to answer, you know? Um, and so she explained, she's like, no, we he doesn't have a dad, and this is this and that. And she goes, she goes, oh, okay. And then she goes, well, you can borrow my dad sometimes if you want. Mm-hmm. And it was such a, like... Hey, I've got a solution for you. Don't yeah. worry about it. Um, There's such problem solvers at that age. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I was curious because, you know, he's definitely entering the age where they really start analyzing things in another yeah. way. And they start being more aware of their surroundings and how different, you know, things can look. But interesting how Julia said that, that girl, yeah. when another kid asks me, it's so easier to, to give them an explanation. Yeah. But when your own kid mm-hmm. starts asking, sure. it's hard to separate the emotions from like the yeah. practical common sense answer I guess yeah I was just gonna say I think at that point it's just more of like I've grown up like this I've accepted it and I'm happy and you know I know this is just like another part of my life but he maybe hasn't gone through that problem right yet. yeah so of course so it's important for me to give him that space and validate like yeah. any of his worries or concerns or anything Juliet just to close it off can you leave us with like five things that you would want you know everyone to be aware of in terms of accessibility and how we can all be better how we can support you better I think number one I always tell people I'm like just don't take my parking spots <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like yes. it's such an easy one and it's like the low hanging fruit right there right there's so many times that and I get it, especially as like a mom, you're just like, I just need to run in really quick to that store, so I'm just going to park as fast, you know, mm-hmm. really quick, just five minutes. Um, but but it, it really does matter. Like that, yeah. me being able to park right there means that I can take my kid to his doctor's office, means that I can get down and take him to his school safely. Mm-hmm. So that's the number one. I think it's just respecting the guidelines and the norms. If it's the parking spot, if it's the bathroom, if it's that seat in the movie theater and the restaurant, like leave the priority to those people. Number two, I think would be don't be afraid when your kids ask us something or don't be afraid to introduce, right? Um, I'll, I'll hear a lot of moms say, like if, if we're shopping and the kid's like, why is she in a wheelchair? The mom's be like, shh. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which I think is, I grew up with that kind of mentality, right? So, um, and I think that's our instinct of like, oh no, I just don't want that person to get offended. But I, uh, me personally, I do not get offended. Um, I think kids are naturally curious. So instead, I would just say, maybe recommend saying something like, oh, isn't her wheelchair so cool? Or why didn't you say hello? Um, kind of just normalizing it. For yeah. Them. I think if you make it of like a, that kind of makes that inclusivity stop, right? Mm-hmm. But if you say something like, isn't her wheelchair so cool? That's what she uses um, instead of her leg. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as that will help the kids normalize yeah. it and see that I'm just another human being that's just sitting down. Three, I would just say, don't wait to have those conversations until you get to that moment. Right. right. I think the mistake that sometimes we get is to just kind of try to keep our kids in the bubble or maybe just not realizing it. Right. Mm-hmm. But 
Now there's a lot of cartoons, there's a lot of shows, there's things that you can proactively, there's books that you can proactively show your family Mm -hmm. um, and read together and just kind of explain it, right? So I think that's really easy. And then for number four, I would say try to make a group of diversity friends, right? Or diverse friends. So we go to the park often and we make friends all the time. And exposure. yeah, the exposures, but actually like bringing people in, teaching your kids to like not only accept it, but actually include them. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a lot of the, because the more people you include, the more people that are connected to people with disabilities, that expands accessibility, right? Because then they start noticing, oh, like I went to this restaurant, it's wasn't accessible. I actually talked to the, you know, to the people that they should consider with. It's kind of crazy how that works, right? Or during close to accessibility. And then number five, when it comes to accessibility and like just motherhood, I would say to just be aware of like what products are out there. And it's not more of like how you can help, but like if you're someone that makes a product, if you're someone that's selling a service, kind of be aware of how you can find a solution for everyone. Right. I think our brain really works in one way. But if we're creating new products or new services, try to make it something that can fit and help all. Well, thank you so much, Juliet, for sharing your story with us. Um, I think we're all coming out of here learning a lot and also just having, you know, a level of admiration for you and everything that you've accomplished in your life. And it's just, it's really beautiful, really. Thank you so much. It was so awesome to be here. Great to meet you. Thank you. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arupay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Catherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo, disponible en la app de Biggs ya. Yeah. 